Welcome to the Someone Somewhere podcast. It's Wednesday, September 7th, and I'm your host, Nicole. This is episode 53. This episode is brought to you by Polycultured, our farm resources blog. We create informative content about a variety of topics, including organic agriculture, composting, seed saving, herbalism, permaculture strategies, and more. Polycultured is looking forward to sharing our farm offerings with you. And if you're interested in our work, you can visit our website at www.polycultured.com. Vitex agnus castus, also called vitex, chaste tree, chaste berry, and monk's pepper, is a deciduous shrub growing somewhere between three and nine feet tall, although it can grow larger. It's native to the Mediterranean and also Central Asia, although it is grown ornamentally elsewhere in the world. It loves water and it likes growing close to streams, but it's sometimes found in drier, rockier areas as well. It boasts five long, slender leaflets in a palm-shaped arrangement, tender stems with clusters of purple flowers and ripening berries. The berries are dark purple and yellowish inside, resembling a peppercorn with an aromatic odor. The berry is harvested and dried for use, and the plant normally cross-pollinates, although some self-pollination is possible. And it's one of the few temperate species within the genus Vitex, which contains about 60 tropical and subtropical varieties. Vitex has been used as an herb going far back into history, and we'll discuss some of that history in this episode. It contains many active constituents like iridoid glycosides, flavonoids, alkaloids, and essential oils, and has been used traditionally for hormonal health and reproductive health. It's particularly known for inhibiting prolactin secretion, which is why it's not recommended during pregnancy or while nursing, as prolactin has important jobs during that time to mature the breasts and to make milk during breastfeeding. The plant name is Vitex agnus castus which is in the genus name vitex, which comes from the Latin word vio, meaning braiding, tying up, or weaving. And this is because the plant was frequently used in basketry. The species name, Agnus castus, appears to be either of two Latin word origins or the repetition of the word chaste in both Greek and Latin, with agnus, which in Latin means lamb, and castitus, which means chastity. The virginal goddess Hestia or Vesta is also sometimes associated with the Vitex herb. Now, Vitex agnus castus grows well in warm temperatures and subtropical environments. It requires full sun, but it will tolerate partial shade with well-drained, loamy, neutral to alkaline soil. It's hardy to USDA climate zone 6, and in colder zones, the plant will die back to the ground, but flowering will not be affected in the following season. It tolerates salt well and can stand brackish waters, but does not tolerate cold and wet weather very well. The fruits can be harvested for more than 15 years, and the shrub will germinate very well from the seed. Pruning the plant in the autumn helps future fruit yields, and pruning in spring results in fruit yield loss. The plant will also reproduce through cuttings by using a 2-3 to inch long piece of ripening wood with buds in the summer or cutting ripe wood in the autumn to overwinter in a greenhouse. The fruits ripen over time so there's no fixed harvest and harvesting by hand is commonly how it is done. The biggest pests for Vitex include thrips and the cicada uh, which shares a disease called blackwood disease of grapevines. And leaf rot disease and root rot are also common problems with Vitex agnus castus. 
Visex has an ancient history going back at least 2,000 years and has been used by several cultures, including Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans. As was customary with healing herbs, Vitex was considered to hold magical powers and has many references in various medical and cultural literature. The flexible twigs of Vitex, as I said before, are, make it very suitable for furniture and woven baskets. And in 400 BCE, Hippocrates mentioned Vitex for injury and inflammation. And the Greek botanist Dioscorides also mentioned Agnes Castus for inflammation of the womb and for lactation. Pliny, the Greek natural historian, wrote many different times about the Vitex plant and considered it to be one of the most useful medicines around. Uh, he said that the Greek called it Lygos or Agnos because of the Athenian matrons preserving their chastity at Thesmophoria strew their beds with its leaves. Pliny also wrote that the seeds are made into a drink that tastes like wine used to reduce fever and purge through perspiration. The purging nature of vitex is also considered a hot herb, so it's used for other things like including dispel the wind or flatulence from the bowels to promote urination, to check diarrhea, and greatly benefits dropsy and splenic diseases. Now, Pliny mentions two kinds of Agnus castus, one that is a small and shrubby-like plant and the other that is like a small tree with speckled flowers. And he noted that the smaller version was the more effective one for topical use like snake bites. And Pliny also remarked that Vitex checks violent sexual desire. The blossom and tender shoots mixed with rose oil clear away headache due to intoxication. And a poultice and decoction takes away the more severe type of headache, purges the uterus and bowels if drunk with pennyroyal, another herb. Dioscorides, the ancient herbalist, writes in De Materia Medica, which was about 55 AD, about Vitex very heavily. Uh, quote, it, brings, it both brings down the milk and expels ye menstrua being drank in wine, and a decoction of the seed is for inflammation about the womb. Mixed with pennyroyal, he further recommends it for headaches, perhaps attendant with menstrual difficulties. He notes that externally it soothes inflammation, venomous bites, and wounds. Dioscorides also quotes from earlier authors that Vitex has a warming effect by saying that the, quote, seed is as of pepper. Now, the association of Vitex with monks, the name monk's pepper, came later in the Middle Ages, where folklore said that monks chewed parts of the tree, ate dried berries, and carried dried berries in their robes to reduce sexual desire and maintain their celibacy. Although this has not been confirmed, it is worth noting that the effects of altering the hormone prolactin could have some actual you know, hormonal effects scientifically. It is worth noting that after the Romans that documented forms of Western herbalism, uh, it didn't continue to develop past that, you know, at the same pace. Uh, most people were actually just started to copy the existing uh, texts like the Codex of Dioscorides and other, other famous texts. But in Persia around 850 AD, original medical and pharmaceutical ideas again began to flourish in what's sometimes called the golden age of Arabic science. And it is mentioned as an herb called fakad or banjakusht or fanjakusht in the medical formulary of al-kindi 
from the 9th century and the medical formulary of Al-Samarkandi from 1200 AD. Now, Al-Samarkandi writes that the herb could cure insanity, the stroke of madness, and epilepsy. And Levy, who was a researcher and translator, remarked that the fruits are still sold today in Egyptian bazaars as a calming agent in, quote, hysteria. Alkindi notes of combining Agnes Castus with other herbs to make a black remedy to cure insanity, madness, and epilepsy. During the Renaissance periods, Bonk's Herbal 1525, which was long known to be an aggregate source of earlier works, mentions Vitex, quote, it will keep men and women chaste. Drunk with fennel seed, it will, quote, destroy the dropsy, or washing a man's head will cure an evil that is called lethargy. Also, the herb is said to be good to, quote, defy or dispel the hardness and stopping of the milt or spleen. It's worth noting that the description of the plant is not correct in Bonk's Herbal, so it's unlikely that the author had actually ever seen the plant themselves. And after Bonk's Herbal, a series of famous herbal books were published over the next hundred years, uh, mainly in Germany, England, and Italy. And these references to Vitex include Linnaeus, who described the plant as Vitex agnus castus in Species Planetarium, 1753, naming Deplantis epitome of Mattioli in 1586, Royans Flore ladensis prodromus in 1740, and Grenovius's Flora virginica in 1739-47, and Bounds theatri botanici in 1623 as the authorities on the subject, and Bound called it Vitex latiorfolio. Traditional herbalism primarily utilized and still does the oral ingestion of the Vitex fruit, but the leaves and flowers are sometimes used as well. And it has a long history of use with many ailments and was concentrated around the Mediterranean because that's where the plant grew. And the resurgence of use of Vitex didn't really begin again until the 1900s and continues today where people make preparations such as liquid extracts, oils from the berries or tinctures, as well as just ingesting the dried fruit itself. So in addition to female reproductive issues, Vitex is sometimes used for hangover, fever, benign prostatic hyperplasia, nervousness, rheumatic conditions, spleen disorders, constipation and gas, and promoting urination. And as I mentioned before, there are topical uses, uh, which include different inflammatory and skin conditions like acne or insect bites and stings. And Vitex agnus castus is not in the pharmacology of traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, nor indigenous American herbalism, but other species of vitex, such as Ningundo or Trifoliata, are used in some of these modalities. Particularly, Ningundo and Trifoliata are used in Ayurveda to treat malaria and typhus fever, and Ningundo grows in northern China, where it's used for colds, rheumatic pain, headaches, dizziness, convulsions, coughs, mental unrest, and others. Uh, Unani traditional medicine also notes a hot decoction of Vitex seed, which could be used as a contraceptive and as a hot decoction and vaginal pessary for an amenagogue. 
Um, I don't know much about that in particular, about the, the Unani traditional medicine and the use as a contraceptive, but I would love to know more. So Vitex was also prescribed for fibroids, menopause, mood swings, depression, cramps, water retention, and other general premenstrual issues. But the science of Vitex has been known for quite some time, starting with research from Germany in the 1930s, which was eventually expanded into the 1950s, where they studied Vitex's galactagogue activity, which means milk production activity, under the drug name Agnolt. And the main chemical compounds in Vitex agnus castus contain Vitexin, Castesin, iridoid glycosides like agnoside and aucubin, p-hydroxbenzoic acid, alkaloids, diterpenoids, and steroids. Its fruit contains flavonoids like vitexin, castasin, terpenoids, neolignans, and phenolytic compounds, as well as one glyceride. There's also essential oils in both the fruit and the leaves containing over 50 different compounds, and the oils of the fruits of white flowering plants tend to have a higher amount of monoterpenes, and the oils may exhibit some antimicrobial effects, uh, but there's still a lot to learn about this herb scientifically, and we have a lot more to lean on from actually from traditional medicine than we really do from Western science about this herb. So when it comes to uses more recently, the uses for Vitex agnus casted castus are still being investigated, especially related to treatment of conditions of the female reproductive system, such as short menstrual cycles, premenstrual syndrome, or PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, uh, and breast swelling and pain, which is referred to as mastodynia and mastalgia. Recent randomized placebo-controlled studies have been conducted, with most studies being performed with the preparation containing an aqueous or ethanolic extract, which is called BNO1095, which is just a standardized dry extract from the fruits made of uh, Vitex agnus castus. So the most commonly prescribed dose that was used in these studies was 40 milligrams per day dried fruit which is equivalent to four milligrams of extract if you take extract or want to. Um, and in these 14 of these 21 PMS studies available, um, they were placebo controlled, while uh, the other seven studies compared the effects of Vitex with the serotonin reuptake inhibiting antidepressant fluoxetine or with other plant-derived non-estrogenic extracts, or with pyridoxine, which is vitamin B6 and magnesium, respectively. In all but one, benefits were reported. So in 20 of 21 studies, there was a positive effect by using Vitex. And a number of these placebo-controlled studies proved that extracts of Vitex had beneficial effects on premenstrual breast pain, and this breast sensation is induced by latent hyperprolactinemia, which just means high levels of the hormone prolactin. Um, and now that's characterized by secretory episodes of prolactin release, which come from the pituitary gland in response to stress uh, and also deep sleep phases when, you, when you're sleeping. So the latent hyperprolactinemia seems to also affect the corpus luteum negatively 
which is a common reason for infertility because the corpus luteum, as we know, produces progesterone after ovulation to nourish the implantation in early pregnancy. In Wutke et al. 2003, treatment of PMDD patients with Vitex, uh, specifically with that extract BNO1095, containing preparations, resulted in significantly lower mid-luteal serum prolactin levels, and such effects were not seen in the placebo-treated patients. So Vitex was also studied to help with breast pain, and for those who are using combined oral contraceptives, of which a common symptom is an increase in breast pain. It's well accepted that prolactin release can be reduced by dopamine and dopaminergic drugs. Therefore, some theorize that the efficacy of Vitex extract to reduce prolactin and the prolactin-induced premenstrual mastodynia or other symptoms may mean that Vitex contains dopaminergic compounds. And during a study, diterpenes were identified that bound to recombinant dopamine receptors of the two subtype called D2 receptors, which are present in pituitary cells and which are responsible for the inhibitory effects of dopamine and dopaminergic drugs on the pituitary prolactin release. So prolactin release during menopause has also been studied in vitro and in vivo in rats, which both found that Vitex works. And after menopause, Vitex agnus castus has also been studied to prohibit frequent causes of abnormal liver function and protects bone. So more research needs to be done in the arena of using Vitex after menopause. Now, other studies focused on its ability to help with premenstrual symptoms like premenstrual dysphoric disorder, so psychiatric symptoms as well as physical ones like breast pain or abnormal uterine bleeding, uh, migraines. Um, as well as some other things like uh, corpus luteum insufficiency, so that's a, a form of infertility, and fibrocystic mastopathy. And in some of these studies, prolactin was also found to be reduced by Vitex agnus castus extracts. So overall, Vitex is very safe to use, and adverse events were mild and infrequent in these studies, but they may include uh, issues with nausea, gastrointestinal discomfort, fatigue, and skin issues. Um, and the main contraindications for using Vitex are those who already take dopamine-related medications, uh, especially those who take Parkinson's disease medications, as well as birth control pills, hormone replacement therapy, or some other uh, hormonal-related condition, something like breast cancer, this would be contraindicated. And sometimes uh, Vitex is used in the first trimester as it, it can help people kind of get pregnant, but it's generally discouraged for pregnancy, uh, breastfeeding, and for children. So some people do take it, you know, into early pregnancy and then stop use. That uh, should definitely stop during the the main portion of the pregnancy because it does inhibit prolactin and prolactin is important during pregnancy and definitely afterwards. So definitely discontinue if you become pregnant and uh, you feel confident that the uh, implantation is established and the pregnancy is going forward. The most robust studies about Vitex have, surprise, occurred outside the USA in places like Germany, China, and Japan. 
it was also studied to be used with uh, St. John's wort as a PMS treatment used together. So in regards to Vitex as a treatment for PMS and PMDD, we have to get into exploring the connection to breast pain and to hyperprolactinemia or high prolactin. The spontaneous release of prolactin occurs in pulses and they're highest in the luteal phase. So in those who are not suffering from breast pain or PMS mood symptoms, the normal pulse occurs in a two to four hour interval. And it's also accompanied by pulses of luteinizing hormone. And these pulses stimulate progesterone secretion by the corpus luteum, which is happening in your ovary. But for those who do have breast pain and those who do notice a lot of mood symptoms, the prolactin pulses in the luteal phase are much higher, which causes the corpus luteum to fail. And so it can't respond with its normal increased progesterone secretion. So it, it causes low progesterone. And so those with breast pain and hyperprolactinemia, they therefore tend to have high prolactin and low progesterone levels. And that is associated with infertility. So you can kind of see the connection there. And Vitex has been studied for fibrocystic mastopathy, which is the development of fibrous nodes or cysts in the breasts, which are at least correlated with excess estrogens and an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, as well as levels of prolactin or particularly prolactin sensitivity. In a study of 30 patients, Vitex normalized the 16-alpha-hydroxy metabolites and increased the 2-alpha-hydroxy derivatives of estrogen. So such effects were not seen in the placebo group. So the authors claim that this disturbance of estrogen metabolism is a major cause for the development of fibrocystic breasts. And I've talked about this many times, uh, that the ratio of estrogen and progesterone, the balance between them is very important as well as estrogen metabolism or how estrogen leaves your body is super important to uh, breast health and overall menstrual health. Other conditions may also be positively affected by the use of vitex agnus castus. For example, hypothyroidism can also cause breast swelling and pain and can often be associated with hyperprolactinemia which can be treated with Vitex. And mammary cancers may be connected to high prolactin levels as circulating prolactin levels are present in most mammary cancer patients and do seem to be indicators for progression of tumors. So if prolactin is indeed involved in the generation and promotion of breast cancer, then there may be some prevention or progression slowed down by certain dopamine agonists like Vitex agnus cassis. So Vitex, in addition to all of this, is also beneficial for people who suffer from migraines. Vitex protects the hypothalamus from chronic stress because it contains opiate-like constituents which calm your nervous system. Migrainous women with PMS were enrolled in the study and advised to assume a treatment with Vitex 40 milligrams per day for PMS for a three-month period. Effects both on PMS and headache were assessed, and out of 107 women, 100 completed the three-month treatment, and out of them, 66 reported dramatic reductions in PMS symptoms, 26 reported a mild reduction, and only 8 reported no effect. 
concerning migraines, 42% of patients experienced a reduction higher than 50% in frequency of monthly attacks, and 57% of patients experienced a reduction higher than 50% in monthly days with headache. So the way to kind of follow what the study did was to do 25 days on and five days off during the follicular phase, so after menstruation ends, but kind of before ovulation. And the most important time to use Vitex is in the premenstrual phase. Now, even though many of these studies were small and have potential issues, many of them are done to the professional standard of randomized control trials. So the evidence is clear that Vitex agnus castus can be used to treat a variety of conditions, including PMS and PMDD, breast pain, and other interrelated issues that have to do with high prolactin levels. Despite this, professional organizations like the American Journal of Gynecology are dismissive of Vitex, citing that the study should be viewed as, quote, explorative and at best overestimating the real treatment effect of Vitex agnus castus. And though it does call for more studies to be conducted in the future, it still does not give a really positive outlook on how uh, the clinical setting really feels about Vitex. So I hope that you've learned something about Vitex agnus castus, and now that you've kind of heard all the evidence on both sides of how it is presented traditionally and also the science that is out there or not out there about this herb, uh, I hope that you can understand a little bit more about how the herb works and when to reach for it or recommend it to someone who needs it. Um, It is very easy to go and get tested for your prolactin levels. Um, So if you do notice a high prolactin level, come back. Uh, Maybe Vitex is something that you consider. Now, I had my own experience with Vitex years ago when I first got off of birth control, which had at the time wreaked havoc on my mind and my body, and I was very disoriented getting off, and I got off of birth control cold turkey. I didn't have any knowledge that there was going to be any kind of post-birth control symptoms And obviously, I was wrong about that because my cycle came back very irregular. My face was breaking out, and I I generally didn't feel better, even though I knew birth control was the problem. And and so when I stopped, I I really didn't know what to do when I I didn't just go back to feeling like I had felt before. Um, And so this is when I began taking Vitex along with Dong Kwai, and this combination together for me was amazing. And it, it normalized my cycles within just a few months. My ovulation started to look regular, and my progesterone levels were strong, as evidenced by my luteal phase waking temperatures that I was studying as I was first starting to uh, practice fertility awareness. And so Vitex may not be the right herb for everyone or every menstrual or reproductive-related issue, um, but it's certainly an herb to know about and to keep in your herbal toolbox. Some notes about my experience working with Vitex include to Uh, Take it in the morning if you're going to take the dried fruit. Um, And that's because your pituitary gland is most active in the morning time. And also another thing to note is that you should step away from using Vitex when you feel like your symptoms have subsided. If you retest later on and your prolactin levels are back in range and, and more normal, Um, it's good to take a break from Vitex because it is such a strong herb. And if you need to, you can always use it again. If you find, oh, my temperatures seem to be struggling, my progesterone's low, 
or you're having other symptoms. Um, but the goal is to really use Vitex and eventually to be able to transition off of it and only use it when needed. Um, so really just have a lot of respect for Vitex. It's very powerful and it works um, a lot of times very quickly when you first start using it. It, it. Your body seems to respond to it. So if you've had experiences with Vitex or you plan to use it, um, you know, please go ahead and reach out and let me know how it's going. I'd love to hear from you and learn from your experiences. Vitex is definitely something that I will grow uh, on my farm. It's something that I think I would want to keep around me and really learn from the herb uh, by spending more time with it rather than getting it in sort of this packaged way that we do with supplements and things. So um, it's also something to consider if you live in the right climate zone about, you know, keeping this herb around. It can grow into this beautiful tree. It's very wispy looking. And um, I just advocate for Vitex Agnus Castus as an herb. And uh, I hope that you will too. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and comment as you let me know how I'm doing. This episode is brought to you by Polycultured, our farm resources blog. We're bringing you info on backyard food production and sustainable living on small plots and in urban areas. If you enjoy this content, please support us by going to www.patreon.com polycultured. This concludes episode 53 of the Someone Somewhere podcast. Good night.